And we're live on Facebook. Hey, everybody. And I'm going to start sharing things. Um, yeah, start sharing, oh, start yeah. typing. Yeah. As this part of the show is always very interesting, where we just <laughs> uh, fine tune adjustments, sharing the live show, like all of our fans should be doing right now as well. Oh, yeah, I was going to put that up. <laughs> do it <laughs> do it now it's so easy confirming that we are live yeah we are live that's good good to know technology's on our side sharing Well, I hope everyone's doing well on this Thursday. We're living in a crazy world out there. So oh, hope everyone's yes. just, just hope everyone's enjoying as much as they can these days as we're working our way back to normal. Things are starting to open up here, I think. Yeah, I think we hit phase two tomorrow. Yeah, my buddy is uh my buddy's opening his gym on Friday. Oh nice. And he posted like the requirements to be open, and it's like, it's like a lot. <laughs> you have oh, to like sure. close. You have to close down for like an hour during the day just to clean. Like midway through the day, you can only have so many people there. It's, uh-huh. it's chaos. Absolute oh, wow. chaos. That yep, is... NFC East. My parents, the <laughs> Eagles fans, are watching for sure. Uh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and just so you know, I'm drinking my Snapple and. Camels have three eyelids. Hmm. There you Interesting. go. Yeah. Fun, fun fact for the day. Yeah, there you go. It's, it's why you always got to drink your daily Snapple. <laughs> Ever since I got sunburned, I haven't been drinking beer because I'm trying to stay hydrated. <laughs> there you go. Can't wait till I can start drinking uh. beer again. It'll be so much fun. <laughs> this is going to be a fun show. Oh, this is going to be a real fun show. All right, one more minute here. And then we're, we're going to get going. <clears throat> oh, yeah. It's going to be NFC East has a rich history of hating each other. So this oh, is fun. All right. Yeah. Here we go. Live. And we're live on the RTF Sports Network, and our NFC Divisional Breakdown is officially off the ground here with on and off the field with Durf and Dylan. Yeah. What's going on, Durf? Not too much. Enjoying the Thursday and some crazy weather out there, but everything's going good. How are you, Dylan? It has been crazy weather. It was, like, really nice this morning. Woke up to the sun, mm-hmm. and then it kind of got dark. And then I came upstairs and started raining. It rained mm. and rained. And now I'm looking outside right now and the freaking sun's back out. Like not a yeah. cloud in the sky. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Western New York. Or just New York in general, really, I guess, as long as you're not in like New York City. We don't consider them New York. No. That's my it's the you get the old <laughs> Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen. Who do you think the best New York team is? Well, we are. <laughs> <laughs> is that how it went? No, yeah. Buffalo's in New York too. <laughs> that was a oh. that was a classic line. Danny, we cannot talk about NFC West again. We have to stick to a schedule. Yes, we have a, a set schedule on the calendar that we're abiding yes. by. So you're just gonna have to you're just gonna have to wait, friends. <laughs> <laughs> And some people would say that about the Cowboys. Friends don't let friends be Eagles, Giants, or Redskins fans, the comment from Anthony. So as I put up the banner of share, subscribe, follow, and like, where can they do that stuff, Durf? They can do that on all three major social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Also, you can go to YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can watch uncut episodes and other great content coming soon. If you want to find out more about the podcast, you can head on over, over to our website at onoffthefield.com. 
where you can listen to the show, read the blogs, learn more about the show and the, the host of the show. And while you're there, click on our charities tab and go and uh, you can go to our Feeding America fundraising page link. Um, still holding steady there where we were the other day, but I know we're going to get there to our goal of $1,000. Um, and lastly, you can find us on the RTF Sports Network and their Facebook page. And you can check out other great ta great talents in sports podcasting on that network it really is the best network out there yeah it beats everything it beats nbc sn i think that's what it is it yep. beats it beats fox sports <laughs> it beats all of the sports we're gonna take down barstool one day rtf <laughs> sports go. network is where it's at right now so jump on the train that that train is riding riding hard a lot of great stuff can be happening over at the network oh we have a great Great show lined up. As we said, it's the NFC East live show breakdown. If you listen to Tuesday's at Tuesday's episode, we had a lot of great guests on there, broke down everything in detail. And today mm -hmm. we're really going to be focusing on kind of where the offseason is with our new guests, but also doing some game predictions for the regular season coming up here in 2020. As I forgot to pull up that tab. Um, so I to do that real quick but yeah it's gonna be a great show we have them yeah. on standby uh, but before we get to that we have some other fun stuff to get to you we have some nfl news to break down mm -hmm. and really it's been quiet it's been very quiet the nfl is the nfl is just kind of sitting there you know it's the off season they don't have to do much but there mm -hmm. has been a lot of as we've talked about on the past couple of shows, a lot of fake news flying around that we've get, got to light up Chris Sims a little bit and Ian Rappaport, all that. But I think, at least as far as I know, this is real news. Uh, everyone was talking about the new onside kick and how they're going to take away the onside kick. And the new rule was going to be you get the ball in a fourth and 15 situation on your own 20, 25 yard line, something mm -hmm. like that. Yep. And, you know, if you convert the fourth and 15, you, you get to keep the ball. And if you don't, the other team gets the ball in virtually almost your own red zone. So it definitely kind of goes. It has this good side, bad side. It makes it more exciting, I think, mm -hmm. almost like an XFL route. You know, instead of kicking mm -hmm. an extra point, it's an extra play. So instead of just right. a stupid kick that has like a 95% failure rate, it's another play. It might be a little bit more exciting to watch. I think, you know, some people might have might have spooked some owners. Whoever gets to vote on this stuff, you know, mm -hmm. who's going to stop Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs on fourth and fifteen? You basically never get the ball back. So I think it scared some people. They tabled mm -hmm. it for yep. the second year in a row, and they did not vote on it. So virtually, what they did vote on was straight garbage. No one really cares. <laughs> Since they tabled that, all they did was they ex permanently placed in the rule book now. Uh, the expansion of replay reviews of scoring plays and turnovers that are negated by fouls. I okay. I don't. I don't really right. care. <laughs> uh, they expanded the defenseless player rule to special teams. So you know, if you hit a wide receiver that hasn't had the chance to like get his feet in the ground and you smack him in the face, mm -hmm. you know that's hitting a defenseless receiver. Now it's going to be the same with returners like punters and kick returners mm -hmm. if you, yep. you can't just lay them out as soon as they catch the ball and then they also stopped the bill belichick rule mm -hmm. where at the end of a game if the clock's running you kind of just do these stupid dead ball fouls and it keeps the clock running and if you have no timeouts it's just it was a loophole that they had to close and they successfully did it so other than those three things i mean they, they didn't vote on anything that matters we already talked about how the pass interference uh, challenge is dead. Mm -hmm. yep. That was a completely unsuccessful thing that they did last year. Um, so that is dead in the water after only a season of use. Thank God. <laughs> oh, that's Hi. my grandma. Hi. Hi, Dylan's grandma. Fly, Eagles, fly. <laughs> oh, let's see what other news we have here. Oh, we have the uh, NFL and EA Sports have come to a new $1.5 billion deal through 2026. So what does that mean? 
More Madden, baby. More Madden. Yeah. Coming out on all the new consoles. So excited. Oh, you are excited. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't played Madden in probably a couple of years, but that's exciting, though. Like, they're going to be like the, the sole uh, company for simulation NFL games. I think a lot of people are kind of upset because Madden's been stagnant for a very long time. It's kind of like the same game over and over again, and it just right. has a lot of bugs in it. Everyone kind of makes fun of it these days. And with this new deal, it doesn't allow for change. It doesn't allow mm-hmm. any new companies to come in. They don't really have to do anything to the game. They can just pump it out like they have been and make millions of dollars. But, yeah, they got the new deal done, so at least it'll there'll be one constant for the next, what, six years. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I saw... The the deal breakdown was the one billion dollars goes towards the league, like ownership and whoever else mm-hmm. is in charge of everything that goes on with that. Mm-hmm. And then the five hundred million extra left over there goes for the players. I think that's how the breakdown I saw. Okay. So the, the, their players got their deal. They got their their money there. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know the. I'm sure that's collective bargaining agreement stuff that I don't know about, but right. I thought if anyone wanted to know, that's what it broke down to be. <laughs> <laughs> 1. $1.5 billion, though. That's what we're doing these days. Absolute insanity. Whew. But uh, that's that's all we had for news because we wanted to make sure we had plenty of time to talk with our guests and do some fun um I got to reset this. Some fun game predictions. We tried doing it the past couple of weeks, but keep running out of time. <laughs> so we're going to make sure we have plenty of time to do that this week. And, you know, if we run out of time, you're just going to have to live with it. I don't know. We'll, we'll just plug this the extra time with fun talk. We'll just talk to the there fans. You go. It'll be it'll be great no matter what. Where the heck is the NFC East on this thing? All right, there we go. <laughs> it's all over the place. <laughs> All right, so as we begin our breakdown of the NFC East, the first guest that we're going to bring on, our Redskins, local Redskins affiliate here, uh, is going to be Rob Crocker of Rob Unfiltered Podcast. What's going on, Rob? Not much, guys. Thanks for having me on. I'm uh, down here in Richmond, Virginia, about 90 miles south of dc but i did grow up in the dc area so that's Very how i nice. became a redskin fan <clears throat> forever and ever just been struggling through it <laughs> yeah um well you know i'm a little bit older than i look so i was able to uh i grew up in the uh in the um in the 80s so i was able to you know enjoy that magical mm-hmm. magical run of four super bowls three wins joe gibbs Three different quarterbacks, all that stuff. Good ownership, you know. Back in the day, <laughs> things that don't really exist in Washington anymore. Hey, uh, uh, except Durf. for the Capitals, except that, for the Caps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they got that going for you at least. It's yeah, about four Caps Super Bowls. Sounds familiar, Fred. Yeah, that sounds is that, familiar. Is that, does that sound right oh, for there for Fred's Buffalo? A, a Bills fan. Yeah. I'm a Bills fan, yeah. <laughs> it's better to have been there than to not have been there at all. Yes, exactly. That's it's very true. It's very and, and true. you know what? That's a four-year run of a football team that just happened to run into the NFC East every time. Yeah. I think they're playing anybody else in the NFC. They probably win those Super Bowls. Because mm-hmm. the NFC East back then was just a – it was a hard, hard-nosed conference. It was tough. You know, these teams were, you know, I mean, we had Parcells, we had Landry, and then Jimmy Johnson, mm-hmm. um, and then Buddy Ryan. I mean, th- these teams were smash-mouth football teams that, you know, battled. And if you came out of the NFC East un- unscathed, you had a good chance to – I mean, that was a good path to the Super Bowl. The Giants and the Redskins, you know, really dominated, um, you know, in those in that era. And then – you couldn't ignore the other three teams because Arizona was in the in the in the division too. But um, you couldn't ignore Philly and Dallas. Yeah, definitely. It, I think that's kind of like where the NFC East got its pedigree from was back then. Uh, these yeah. these days, everyone still respects the NFC East for what teams are in it. Although it's a weaker division these days, but nobody forgets what the, what that division put out back in the day. 
Well, I mean, this is the first year that the Redskins are on national television. And usually, you know, I guarantee Philly and, and the Cowboys are are national games. I wouldn't be shocked if, if Cowboys Giants is a national game. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of stuffed the NFC East down your throat. It, it's, you know, it, it began that pedigree in the 80s. And then, of course, you know, you had the 90s Cowboys and those dominant teams. And then the Giants have, you know, lucked in the two you know, amazing Super Bowl, amazing fourth quarters that Eli just decided to show up for and knock out the, you know, be the only, basically the only kryptonite to the Patriots. So, yeah, I mean, the, and then, you know, of course, in the Eagles, you know, a couple of years ago. So I um I actually used to live in Philadelphia and I talk about Philly on my show. It was the roughest two years of my life, Um, mm. but I will, I will give their fans as much. They're jackasses <laughs> generally. But they are passionate. Um, one minute you could be the hero, and three minutes later you drop a ball in the end zone. They are booing you. I mean, they dead, just, to, dead to them. <laughs> that that fan base is just—they are—they love you or they hate you, but they they stick by you. Yeah, you know, right, Eagles know, fans though. Yeah. So. Well, as we jump into 2020, I. The Redskins are the Redskins, as we all as we all know. Uh, they're definitely a little bit lower on the scale these days. They're in a hard rebuild mode. But I, I, the first thing I want to just jump to is everyone wants to hate on Haskins, which is, seems kind of fair. Had a down beginning of the year, but he showed some bright spots in the fourth quarter of the year, kind of taking selfies with the fa- <laughs> taking selfies with the fans <laughs> after his first win. He's a kid; it's bound to happen, but. As, from what you saw, at least, are you? Do you think Haskins is the future? Uh, no. Uh, but there's a reason why he was forced on Jay Gruden. Jay Gruden didn't want him. Mm-hmm. So I, last season's a wash. He didn't learn a thing. You know, he he barely he barely uh, once they simplified the offense when Bill Callahan took over, he he kind of yeah he did he had some flashes. Uh, but that first year, you know, that's a that's a paramount year for a quarterback. You you know, you want to have the coach's support. You want to get those reps. Gruden was trying to save his job. Um, and Gruden would have started Colton Coy uh, had had he not been, you know, a little injured. Case Keenum is is a nice backup. He's a nice, you know, he's a nice guy to have in the in the room. Not, you know, not really starting quarterback caliber. Um, and, you know, without any OTAs without um, possibly, you know, an extended training camp without being to spend a lot of time with your coaches. Don't be surprised. Don't be shocked. If Kyle Allen starts the season because Kyle Allen knows this offense. He's, I have a feeling he's, he's Rivera's guy mm-hmm. and Scott Turner's guy. Um, and there's no other reason why they wouldn't have brought him in. If they, you know, if, if they were kind of foreseeing this type of issue, uh, and I, no, I just I don't think, you know, he, he's a great story. Haskins is a great story, but I, I just I, I don't think that he has. I mean, can we really name a, a, an Ohio State quarterback that's been successful in the NFL? Yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> Troy Troy Smith had a had a had a you know had a couple of years where he was a decent backup and. You know he could do this and that, but yeah, we don't. You don't draft quarterbacks from Ohio State. You just don't. They're just right. uh, you know, in Urban Meyer's system, in a system that's stacked with you know offensive you know studs. Mm-hmm. I mean, just studs at receiver. Uh, you know, it just it doesn't work out, and you know, that's part of the the whole issue with the how the Redskins are are run, and that starts at the top with Dan Snyder. I used to be a Dan Snyder apologist. About seven or eight years ago, I just I've kind of had enough now. At first, I was like, "It's his fucking team. Let him do what he wants. Mm-hmm. He owns a team." But now I've come to realize, I'm like, you know, the fans really own the team. It's it's the fan team. And now, you know, any team can come in at FedEx Field. FedEx Field is eight more away games for the Redskins. They don't have a fan base anymore, and this is all reflective of Dan Snyder. Um, I actually had put up a GoFundMe to try and raise money to buy the Redskins. It was a joke. Put it on the, on the Robin Filter website, which is robinfilter.com. Uh, Shameless plug. 
Um, Go for it. All you want. <laughs> and uh, I also started a, um, a change.org page saying, uh, get Roger Goodell to yank the Redskins from Dan Snyder's grimy little hands because he's just, he's not good for the sport. He's not good for the sport in D.C. Yeah, he's, he's probably well-liked in that billionaire's boys club that we have in the NFL owners, and Roger Goodell works for these owners. But I wish that, you know, the league would step in more with these floundering franchises that can't get their shit together. We're talking the Detroits, the Clevelands, the, the Redskins, sometimes Arizona, sometimes sometimes Cincinnati. The, the organizations that are notoriously cheap, notoriously poorly run, or just are, are shitty to fans. And in, in football cities, Cleveland and Cincinnati are, are great football cities. Detroit has a great pedigree. D.C., you know, I grew up going to games at, at uh, RFK. Man, it was crazy in that place. FedEx is like, even when FedEx is packed and, and, and when they first opened it up and there was excitement about it, it's still, it, it, it's, it's a cavern. It's, it's too big. Mm-hmm. It's, it doesn't have that intimacy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like they're kind of making a turn this year in the offseason, uh, bringing in Ron Rivera. And I feel like they're potentially going in the same kind of route the 49ers went in, kind of that with that rebuild with the 49ers, uh, kind of going that strong defense, the pass rush, um, kind of with a mobile quarterback, and then relying on that good run game. Is well, that where Haskins, you see? I is not very mobile, right? He's he's a drop back, but um, yeah, I see I see some similarities in that. This defense is is going to be sick, except the 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 front seven possibly, but those mm-hmm. back four, they don't have they don't have a decent starting cornerback. They no, right. let alone two. They've got a great safety in Landon Collins. Mm-hmm. They've got Jimmy Moreland, who was a rookie last year from. From James Madison, who kind of was like the the um, MVP of the preseason, who I think has some potential, but their their, their corners terrible, garbage. Uh, here's the thing about Rivera. Rivera has coached for nine years. He's got a 76 and 63 record. That was aided in 2015 by a 15 and one season. Mm-hmm. You break down the rest of Rivera's uh, seasons. He only has three winning seasons. His other six seasons are, are losing seasons, and some of them are are, are clunkers. Um, mm. I, I like that Rivera is going to come in and change the tone. Um, and, 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 you know, th- there has been a, a semblance of a, of a culture change that people are talking about, the players are talking about. But the problem is, um, and, and the only guy, the only coach that gets away with it is Belichick. But you've got Rivera and you've got Jack Del Rio. These are in your face, uh, my way or the highway, break you down, build you up you know, shout at you, scream at you coaches. Mm. Today's player only responds to that, but so long. I suspect that that Rivera lost Carolina's locker room, and that's why he lost his job. I don't think it was that he's not a good coach. I think that after a while, that message just doesn't work. And and the more these players come in and come in and come in, you know, as we see, you know, these are the post-millennials that, you know, uh, you know, now they're letting these kids just, jump into the transfer portal whenever they want, mm-hmm. you know, so if they're not getting their, 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 their reps, they're bitching and moaning and coaches, you know, I mean, I grew up in an era where coaches got in your, in your face. I mean, when I played sports as a kid, um, there's so many rules now you can't do that. Like co- players from high school on, they don't have that same, that same mentality. They're not being coached that mentality. So they come mm-hmm. to, they come to uh, the pros and they've got a guy like Belichick telling them that, you know, I don't give a shit that you started every game in college. You're going to play on my special teams and you're right. going to earn your position. And Del Rio and, and Rivera are in that coaching mold. So I, I, I see maybe a good three years of steady improvement, but Dan Snyder is notorious for, you know, I, I was shocked that Jay, Jay Gruden was his longest tenured coach. Absolutely shocked that went on. <laughs> um, I don't, I just don't see that this time. I think that he's going to want immediate improvements. Um, you know, and that's, you know, that's the other thing is uh, the only owner I think that's worse than Snyder in the NFL it, or not in the NFL is um, the owner of the Knicks. I think that's the, they are yeah. these the two worst owners. James sports. Dolan. Dolan. Yeah. Dolan is terrible. 
Um, and that's my only saving grace when I talk about the Reds because I'm like, well, at least James Dolan's on their own team. At least you don't have him. <laughs> now, yeah, that's now I will uh, say, definitely two two bad comparisons there. I will say though that the draft was was okay, top wise. You know, we 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 obviously Chase Young. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Shadik uh, Charles is going to be a uh, a diamond in the rough. The the scouts love Antonio Gandy Golden, the receiver out of Liberty. Uh, you know that's going to be a let me see it, and then we stole that right. Thaddeus Moss in free agency. You know we we were able to sign him. I think mm-hmm. the rest of their draft. You know they they picked up in their second pick Antonio Gibson, who was a basically what I think is a, is a modern slash. He played receiver and running back um, in Memphis, and I read his scouting report and it said jack of all trades, master of none. And you know. There's a couple other guys they drafted that have some injury issues, and the Redskins have been doing that lately. Like, you know, they drafted um, Darius guys a couple of years ago out of LSU. First of all, if you play in the, in the SEC or you're Ohio State or Clemson, you've already got two years of NFL miles on your body already mm-hmm. because of those coaches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and, and guys had a little bit of injury history at LSU. We bring in a guy who has injury history, no wonder he's been injured twice in his two years, and then. We drafted a guy last year, Bryce Love, from Stanford, who was fucking injured. They, I mean, they they were immediately going to just shove right. him on the IR. And and this, <laughs> these are these are mind numbing, you know, head scratchers to me. I, mm-hmm. They probably could have gotten Bryce Love in free agency. You know, I don't think that he was on anyone's draft board as high as he was for the Redskins for some reason. And you know, you produce on the field, not in the uh, not in the trainers room. Right. Oh, definitely. So. As we kind of wrap up the Redskins, I mean, where do you kind of see their season landing for 2020? Do you have like at least uh, some kind of record for them, or kind of just another down year? I'm looking at uh, five and five and uh, eleven. Maybe uh, they might get they might sneak in one or two if they are just you know I, if things are clicking, one or two more wins. But I think mm-hmm. the only team that I think that they'll sweep the Giants. I think they'll beat Detroit. I think they'll beat Cincinnati. Um, and then I think they'll just win a strange one of those games that they absolutely should not win. You know, someone, yeah. will, someone will maybe like the Rams because the Rams have to travel to travel to the East Coast. Something, mm. some one of those bizarre games. Yeah. Kind of I had they've them beating the Seahawks actually. <laughs> oh, really? No, they've got a rough schedule because you know they play the Seahawks, they play yeah. Pittsburgh, they've got you know, of course, Dallas and Philly twice. Um, I think they might, they might be able to beat Carolina too. So that, that was my five solid wins. The six is like, you know, between a couple of teams, like, I, I mean, I would hope they beat Cleveland, but who knows? I would hope they beat Arizona, but who knows? Mm-hmm. Those are those games that are like pick them games. But I think the, the other games, you're going to see a lot of, uh, you know, the Redskins don't cover the spread. And they usually get, they usually get beat by the spread. And, uh, you can generally can't count, you can generally take the over on their games. That's for all the degenerate gamblers out there. <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, which uh, I'm sure we have a few, and I'm trying to become one. Maybe not a degenerate, but you know, <laughs> hey, I like I like gambling though. In the, in the era of COVID, that might be our only jobs now. You know? <laughs> yeah, ain't that the truth? Well, um, Rob, I appreciate you coming on the show and give us some, some give us some insight on the Redskins there. Um, any, hopefully, anytime, if we guys. have any more Redskins news. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, we're gonna we'll surely have you back, no doubt. Great, man! Definitely. I really appreciate you having me on. Please check out Robin Filtered. I'm on uh, Spotify, iTunes, RobinFiltered.com. Uh, shows are on there. Got YouTube page as well. So yeah, please check it out. And I will definitely be uh, checking you guys out for the now that I know about y'all. Sounds All good. Right, well, thank you very much, and have yourself a you know a good season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good luck to you guys. <laughs> All righty. That was Rob for Rob Unfiltered. A lot of a lot of great insight into a lot of depth there yeah. with uh, the Redskins. I th- this is why we do this. This is why the fans exactly. come on. This is why because we could never <laughs> go into depth like that for oh. for uh, for these teams. So this this is why they're here, and we really appreciate it. As we roll into the next one, we have our Cowboys segment coming up. Oh, nah. We have Todd Knight of oh, I, <laughs> that was bad timing. Todd Knight <laughs> of the Sports at Night 
podcast. He's even got the polo on. He's looking professional yeah. with the brick wall behind him. How you doing, Todd? I'm doing good, man. Thank you for having me on the show, first of all. Um, and yeah, I had to make sure to be decked out for my Cowboys and everything. And uh, also kind of was reading through the comments and everything. Christopher Sears, thank you for being a Cowboy supporter. <laughs> <laughs> and um, have a couple of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I definitely noticed that. Um, <laughs> and as far as uh, Rob is concerned, I definitely enjoyed his segment with the Redskins. Um, I would say HTTR, but I wouldn't mean it. <laughs> you know, out of the Redskins and all that. Uh, he's welcome to have Jerry Jones if he wants. I mean, I'll gladly <laughs> give him over. But, um, but yeah, um, let's see. Dallas Cowboys. Um, biggest thing, obviously, on everybody's mind right now is Dak Prescott and his contract situation. Um, there's no no secret there. I mean, he played on a prove it, you know, kind of basis last year. Did an excellent job under Kellen Moore. Um, and, you know, for the first three games of the season, looked like they were going to go to the Super Bowl, honestly. And then that's where everyone was heads were at. Yeah, exactly. I mean, mine included. I was just like, man, this is looking like 92 all over again. I was getting pretty excited. But uh, in in just just in watching how I was going, um, I just you started to see the wheels fall off, you know, after after that Saints game. Um, And then, you know, with the with the following week, whenever they lost to the Jets, the winless Jets at the time in New York. <laughs> that was absolutely just gut-wrenching. I did not enjoy going to work the next day after that. But, um, I, I can't, it's almost remember like in my head, everyone kept screaming like, eh, Cowboys are 3-0, and Cowboys are 3-0. and And then, like yeah. you said, everyone was saying, you know, don't get your, don't get your hopes too high here. We, we can see it happening. And yeah, and it yeah, happened. And it sad. happened hard. Mm-hmm. And you did bring up Dak. Which is yes, you know our our first main question is at the end of the day he's either going to sign the long term deal come July fifteenth or not. I mean, do you see him signing it? And do you see Dak as the long term quarterback for the Cowboys, or do you see them going somewhere else? I think it's going to be the long term answer for him. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm in favor of that, but <laughs> you know at least from a financial standpoint, because I mean. To me, Dak Prescott is a twenty-five to thirty million dollar a year quarterback. That's what I would look at him as being. Mm-hmm. For him to sit there and ask for forty million a year is just—it's asinine. I mean, if he's worth forty million a year, what is Patrick Mahomes going to be worth in a year or two? The whole the whole cash base. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's, that's so that that's kind of got got to be the barometer on that. I mean, you know, the whole resetting the market and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's kind of what I I worry about in that situation. I love the fact that they went out and got Andy Dalton as as an insurance policy because I mean if you know if everything hits the fan mm-hmm. then at least we've got somebody like Dalton who can go in there and play well with the kind of playmakers that we've got you know with Cooper and Zeke in the backfield Gallup who just absolutely love the guy um I think the biggest thing that's that a lot of people are are looking at are not really looking at right now is the retirement of Travis Frederick. Yeah. The the fact that he, I mean, he came back last year and he showed signs that he was going to be able to do pretty well, but he just was not able to get back to the all-pro level that he was at prior to getting sick. Um, I think Looney is a good is a good player in replacement of him, but there's only so many Fredericks, you know, that you're going to have in the league. Yeah. You know, when you're talking about the the quarterback of your offensive line. But um, well, they they lost Travis Frederick and Cam Fleming uh, was another offensive lineman they lost, but they did bring in Mike McCarthy this offseason. Right. It seems like it's a I feel I feel like that's a weird fit for the Cowboys with Mike McCarthy. But how do you feel as like a Cowboys organization? Like, is there faith in Mike to kind of get it all figured out and be ready for the season coming up, or do you think it's or you think you're just going like, to, I guess I would want to say, do you think it's they're going to be able to just kind of plug and play from where they were last year? Or do you think we're kind of taking a step back with Mike McCarthy coming in? I don't know if they're going to take a step back, but I mean, with this whole, you know, virtual training camp and mm-hmm. everything that that's going on right now, I mean, it's anybody's guess at this point. Um, but I will say this, though. 
Mike McCarthy is definitely an upgrade over Jason Garrett. I mean, mm-hmm. any, I think anybody, you know, who, who knows anything about football would say that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just, I mean, just, just thinking about, you know, the, the history, you know, with, with Dallas and everything, you know, you go through three straight eight and eight seasons from 2011 to 2013. And then after that, it's just a seesaw projection thereafter 12 and four, four and 12, three and third or 13 and three, nine and seven, 10 and mm-hmm. six, eight and eight. I mean, right. Dallas has been so inconsistently consistent that you have to pretty well say <laughs> this is a franchise that after last year, they're going to take another step up again. Mm-hmm. That's just, I mean, right. if you're going by the pattern, that's what you would have to say. Yeah. And, and I, as a Cowboys fan, you get sick of this whole situation where it's third and seven, you get six yards, you run off the field and you clap enough. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't pick up the first, get your ass back over here. We need to get things straightened out quick. Right. Um, But yeah, what I'm thinking, Jason Garrett, or excuse me, Mike McCarthy is a step up from Jason Garrett, but he's kind of in the middle somewhere between what, Tuna and um, and Jimmy Johnson would be, and, mm-hmm. and as far as you know, Jason Garrett, Mike McCarthy, Tuna and JJ. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I feel like he's kind of a, a B B plus kind okay. of head coach. I mean, we're going to see. I mean, he he obviously did a fantastic job with Aaron Rodgers over there in Green Bay, but not everybody can get along with Aaron Rodgers, right. and and now this whole thing that's going on with the contract dispute. I don't think they're really getting off on the right foot, but if there's anybody who I think can further uh, evolve and take Dak's game to the next level, it would have to be Mike McCarthy. I mean, he won a Super Bowl in Dallas, stadium with the Packers. <laughs> so, so he kind of already feels at home there a little bit, I guess <laughs> so. <laughs> so if you take I'm Mike McCarthy out anyway. of the, uh, if you take Mike McCarthy out of the equation for, you know, kind of like your breakout, person on the Cowboys. Let's say he coaches very well. We'll take him out of the equation here. Do you have a favorite rookie or maybe like a favorite player this year that you just feel like no one's looking at this guy? He, this is going to be the person to lead the Cowboys in the future. I really do. I mean, ev- everybody is obviously looking first and foremost at CD Lamb. I mean, the fact that he fell to Dallas at 17 I have no idea how that happened. I thought sure San we were watching it, wondering the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. I, I thought for sure San Francisco or Denver was going to snag him up, but whenever he was still sitting there at seventeen, it was just like, "Oh my god, are we really going to get CD?" <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, I mean, getting Cooper and, and Gallup and, and and now adding CD, who can hurt you on the perimeter or in the slot. I mean, God knows what what wonders. I mean, that offense could produce, hmm. but. But what I'm looking at more is what they did in the second and the third round with Trayvon Diggs uh, coming out of Alabama. You know, you got a four-star recruit um, mm-hmm. at a high school, played receiver, Stefan Diggs' brother, yep. coached by Nick Saban. And then the reason why I feel like he could be an immediate uh, big fill-in is the departure of Byron Jones going to the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. So they've already got one pl- uh, hole that needs to be plugged there in the secondary. And I mean, while yeah, Byron didn't get, you know, turnovers or anything hardly, he did a fantastic job in blanketing receivers week in and week out. I mean, he didn't really get targeted very much, but now we got to sit there and, and, and look at, you know, well, now we got the rookie coming in and, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how he gets tested, and I think Mike Nolan, their new defensive coordinator, I think he's he's gonna have some good tools to work with. But the biggest guy that I see rookie wise that can come in and step up is um, is actually Neville Gallimore, the defensive tackle from Oklahoma, who they got in the third round. And the reason why I say that is because he can come in this year and be a very very good rotational player for them since they've got. Gerald McCoy and Don Terry Poe kind of on a rental basis. Mm-hmm. So he can, he can learn and groom himself from them. He's already got, you know, fantastic potential. He's a bull rusher. He's got, you know, fant- he's got, you know, feet like a ballerina for a big man. The only thing that wasn't really there at Oklahoma was the production, but 
I mean, but when you, you sit there and can consider the fact that he's going to have DeMarcus Lawrence on one side and, you know, the secondary that's going to be getting rebuilt, plus Leighton Vander Esch and Jalen Smith, you know, yeah. right there in the second level, I think the production will start to get there for him and he can he can be one of the better interior defensive linemen, um, if not in, in this draft and maybe even in the league here in the next three years. Yeah, when you're given that scenario, that's that's really important for once you hit, get to that second day of the draft, especially the third day of the draft, mm-hmm. is exactly. picking those players who are going to be able to grasp onto your veterans that are already on the team and and learn from them. So if he already has a, some raw talent, yeah, he, he learns from the veterans that are already there, rotates in every once in a while. Mm-hmm. That's a that's, that's a great point there, and he's he's in a in a great spot to learn how to do that. Absolutely. But as we look forward to the future. Obviously, we're almost there. I think we're under a hundred days if the season does happen on time and everything is a is a go. Do you hey, have a <laughs> kind of have a yeah? <laughs> do you have a, a kind of a record for them? Where do you, have you really dove into that schedule at all? You know, if I dive in their schedule, I'm pretty good. Uh, I feel like I feel like the first half of their schedule is certainly a lot easier than the second half. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first. The first half, I feel like the the hardest game that they actually have, um, and I'm Dylan. I'm coming right to you on this one. Uh, I them having to go to Seattle there in week three. I think that's their toughest game that they have to go with in the the first part of the schedule. Um, but as soon as November rolls around, it's gonna be it's gonna be a bit of a chainsaw for them, and they're gonna have to have a little bit of a cushion, you know, maybe five, six, seven wins there in the early part to be able to withstand this bloodbath that waits for them, you know, once November 1st comes around because they got, they got a national televised game against, against Philly that that's on the road. Then they got Pittsburgh who, by the way, is going to be coming off of a bye that week. Then they have their own bye, Minnesota. Then on Thanksgiving, they got the Redskins. I'm sure Rob's looking forward to that. <laughs> Baltimore. Cincinnati, San Francisco, Philly, and then they close off against the Giants. So, I mean, just going off of the the kind of numbers that I was talking about earlier today, I I feel like they should. I feel like they can get to eleven and five. Best case scenario for me would be twelve and four. Mm-hmm. Um, I think worst case scenario, if everything just falls apart, they're looking at eight and eight. Which is, I mean, nobody wants to be in that, you know, middle tier, mediocre range. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. you're not good enough to challenge for for a championship, but you're not really so bad that you're getting the luxury of a of a premium, you know, traffic. Yeah, I think I was right there with you, kind of floating around. Best, yeah. I always like doing best case, worst case. Best case if things do click and Mike works out for him. Mm-hmm. 11 and five was mine worst case scenario kind of like a repeat of last season eight and eight they'd be lucky to get to nine and seven if everything's falling apart but right yeah, yeah, I, I think i would pretty much agree with you season there. against against the giants and and watching that i was just like can you pl- just lose please i want you to lose <laughs> and they just wouldn't it was like our season's <laughs> done they had the division locked up with a with an eagles team that was flying around with one wing i mean there was nothing to them <laughs> I mean, any of us could have gone out there and played wide receiver for that team and be like, oh, that's just some guy off their practice squad. I mean, they were just that's, that's pretty much how the Eagles were playing last season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was awful. Having guys out of the stands there. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Well, um, well, I, I think that's all we got for the Cowboys. I mean, that was a great breakdown there. Yeah, definitely. Um, appreciate that. We, we appreciate you coming on. If you want to plug your podcast. I guess I can probably do that. Um, yeah, go for it. Yeah, this is uh, this is Todd uh, Todd Knight with Sports at Night, um, Real Fans, Real Talk. Um, definitely going to be uh, tuning in uh, for you guys on and off the field. Um, definitely enjoyed being here, um, and I would definitely love the opportunity to be back on the show at some point. And you guys can uh, can plug into my show as well and. We can see about making some magic happen. Sounds Absolutely. great. Absolutely. We'll uh we got you on the wall. I know how to get a hold of you. <laughs> Perfecto. Sounds good, guys. All right. Have a good season.
<laughs> you too. Take care. Oh, take and care. Uh, Nerf. Yeah. How do you feel about Diggs being being uh with your bills, man? I love it. You love it. <laughs> He's I on cloud it. nine. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw a little bit of love over there for uh, oh, yeah. being a Cowboys fan and all. It's, yeah. it's, it's been a long time, so I think we can let bygones be bygones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All Take right. Well, okay. All right. Wonderful Cowboys breakdown. We got one more person to bring on the show, and I believe we're going to be doing our New York football giants with Chris LeBron. Hey, Chris, how are you doing? I'm good, guys. How are you? Pleasure to be on. Happy to be on the show. Oh, we're glad you're yeah, here. Glad yeah, we're you. doing. We're doing. I guess you're kind of New York all around, huh? You got the Yankees hat on. Yankees, Giants, you know, obviously it's been a little struggle with the New York teams of late, but, you know, at least the Yankees give me some hope. <laughs> yeah. oh, it, that's if baseball uh, can return that's if we to get a baseball. little bit of normalcy here. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, if, a, that's if they even get any baseball this year. The way, you know, negotiations have been lately, we might, mm-hmm. it's looking, you know, it's not looking too good, but hopefully we get something because uh, that's the only New York team that gives me any hope. <laughs> it'd be it'd be a long uh 2020 without any yankees for new york fans for sure but yeah we, for sure. we appreciate you coming on the show and as we get yeah. ready to tackle the giants i sat here and i'm just kind of wondering what have the giants been up to and it hasn't really been a whole lot they've just kind of been chilling they're doing their thing they're i feel like they're just ready to go into next season they re-sign leonard williams and they, they go to the draft, they get their offensive mm-hmm. tackle they wanted. And it just seems like they're ready to go for next season and just see what happens and just put their guys back on the field. Is that kind of what the vibe you're getting? Yeah, and, you know, it's it's kind of been a, a, a weird offseason too. Obviously, you know, get, getting a new coach for another new coach, it's, you know, we're not really used to that. Being a Giants fan, I'm not used to all this turmoil and constant new coaches, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of been, you know, another new coach. So adjusting to that. And then it just seems like, you know, with the whole situation with DeAndre Baker, that it was a whole mess, uh, you know, so, you know, you don't want to see stuff like that happen. I mean, that's a disaster. I don't even, you know, he was robbing people. I don't know if he was. He was playing Xbox, and he just happened to be there. Who I don't know. We don't know the, the, the real story about that. So, I mean, it, it's it, – but it's kind of been how it's been the last, you know, three, four years. You know, it's been a circus kind of. You know, it's – we've been one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in football, you know, for the last three years. We have – it's been – it's we've had some – it's been rough. So, you know, I, I don't I don't know how to feel about this. Season. I know I like, you know, uh, you know, I like what they've done as far as trying to beefing up the offensive line, you know, uh, taking Andrew Thomas at four and then, you know, getting a couple of linemen, you know, uh, the, the kid from uh, from uh, from Yukon and a couple of other guys, uh, LeMayu from Oregon. So, you know, I like that. But then you got the defense who's that's still in. <laughs> The defense is, you know, what can I say? I mean, the defense is bad. <laughs> and then you got – and DeAndre Baker, who struggled, you know, he, was, he wasn't he was good last year. And now he, with all this crap going on with him, it just – I'm not wildly optimistic about this year. Mm-hmm. But I hope it's better than more than, you know, five, six wins. But I'm really not that optimistic. It all depends also on Daniel Jones if he takes that next step. Because if he takes the next step, then he could you can make up for the defense. You know, we you know we've seen quarterbacks be able to, to take. You know, if they take that next step, then you know you don't have to worry about the defense. But you know, offensively it could be fine, but defensively, I mean, it's it's bad. It's bad defensively. We don't have a <laughs> we don't have a true pass rusher. You know, we got a lot of young guys on the line. The linebacking core has been. You know, they got Blake Martinez, but you know, Blake Martinez is eh, you know he's he's an upgrade for us. <laughs> But no, that's still he's still you know he's still for other teams that's your number three maybe exactly for us he's still he's the best linebacker since freaking Lawrence Taylor but uh, (laughs) because we haven't exactly had good linebackers since for a while you know so so I'm not wildly optimistic but you know I hope they can prove me wrong yeah I mean it'll be interesting to see what they do I feel like they had some spark last year. And it seems like they did kind of a, they, I would, I think they had a pretty decent draft. I mean, they, they, yeah. 
they, they attacked some areas they needed help in. Um, do you have – looking at the team coming into this next year, do you see like a breakout player that's, current, that's like a veteran on the roster or do you have a favorite rookie coming out um, that you're kind of looking forward to who's going to be that next star for the Giants? I like I like to pick a McKinley at from Alabama. Uh, you know, he was to me the best safety in the draft, and I mm-hmm. think that's a that you know that's a need we needed uh, in the secondary. You know, uh, especially with you know the inconsistency. I mean, we have like eighty-seven corners on the roster, and <laughs> none of them are you know are, are are you know above average. You know, I know we got the I can't remember his name, but we got the guy from uh, from Carolina. To bring Bradbury there, Bradbury, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We got Bradbury, and so I mean, he's solid. So you know that that's definitely going to be good. But you know, uh, I I like the McKinney pick. I think he's a just a good all around safety. You know, and and I think that's definitely someone I'm looking forward to. Andrew Thomas too. You know, uh, Nate Solder is not a good left tackle. (laughs) He is not a good left tackle. He's shown that he is not good. So hopefully he can replace Nate. You know, I know they probably start off with Andrew at the right side. And mm-hmm. some for some reason they'll keep Nate on the left side, but uh, hopefully you know I, I'm I'm really intriguing to see how Andrew comes in because he he's he's a astounding run blocker and not that he's not a, a good pass protector you know he, mm-hmm. he's good but you know that's something he he needs to work on but you know the run blocking to open up holes for Saquon because if, if it feels like with Saquon it's it's hit or miss it's either right. he's gonna he's going to get a 60 yard play or he's going to get a negative for a, a, you know, a no gain or negative. You know, it seems, mm-hmm. it seems like, especially with this line, you're not going to get all, all his play. I mean, we saw in his rookie year, that first game against the Jacksonville, he was getting stifled and stifled, stifled. And he takes that play 60 plus yards and that was all him. You know? Right. But we can't rely on that, you know, game in and game out, you know, because you know, you just can't expect that, you know, so we've got to be able to give him more holes so he can get more yardage and, and that, so I'm looking forward to see how the line gets fixed, and 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 as you know, uh, and seeing if one of these pass rushers, you know, uh, Carter or, or uh, uh, as from that we drafted last year, see if one of those guys finally, you know, takes that next step and see because mm-hmm. you know the no, if you don't have a pass rush, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it's going to be tough, and we it's have a long not season. Had a We've, we, I mean, the, you know, we, it's crazy because, you know, the Super Bowl runs, we thrived off pass rush and being able to rush, you know, just four guys with, right. you know, APP, Michael Strahan, Justin Tuck, OCU Munier, all these guys we had for those runs. And it hasn't been there. You know, we mm-hmm. tried with Olivia Vernon and he's the, he's the best at almost sacking the quarterback in the league. So, you know, he's the master of almost. Do they, the most, do they record that stat? Do they do they have a stat line that says yeah, almost they do. That? It's like, He has like the most quarterback hits, but then he'll have like six sacks. It's like, what? That, what? what? <laughs> you, know, you have no force. I was like, come on, bro. Like, how do you have oh. all these QB pressures? But you, it's like you, you just can't sack the quarterback and, and, you know, cause a turnover, you know, change the game. And so, you know, that didn't really work. It worked out year one, but, you know, it, obviously long term, it, it, you know, we, we traded him. So. It, it's you know I'm looking you know like I said the, the McKinley I'm looking forward to you know uh, Thomas you know those are the some of the guys and that I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I think I think McKinney was a steal, personally yeah, second yeah. round. I know it was early second round, but still, right for him to get. I know there's a lot of offensive talent, a lot of linemen and wide receiver, a lot of good yeah. talent in the first round, so I could see why he would drop. But yeah, I think I think that's a great pick up for the Giants. Yeah, I guess you kind of pick. already hit on it for next season. Uh he said maybe that five six win range. Kind of or is that kind of where your head's at then you're feeling five six wins or what's what's your best case, worst case scenario there? Uh best case scenario, uh you know eight wins. You know, I think they can somehow get eight wins because okay. you know how the you know how the, the NFC is and it's, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of been like that. It's kind of if you get to that nine ten win plateau, you know, you, you could get in, and it's always a dog fight in that division with you know all the rivalries and stuff. And so you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they if they go on and, and you know sneak into a playoff spot. But it also wouldn't surprise me if they go four and twelve, and and you know they <laughs> they got a top three pick next year. So it, it ranges it, it ranges from right. four wins to eight nine wins. This team is I. Especially with obviously not having an off season and and seeing you know camp, mini camps rookie camp mm-hmm. and training camp right now, 
not be able to see these guys work and seeing, especially with Daniel Jones. Like I said, he's the biggest factor. If he takes that next step, then you know I could see them. Hell, they could win the division for all I know. You know, especially in this division, you never know. But and I, but like I said, I can also see him regressing, and then we're for four wins, and then we're on the clock. You know, and right. which would make, which would be even more interesting because the quarterbacks come out next year. You know, so <laughs> it, 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 this team. It, they, they're giving me too much, you know, anxiety. I, I don't know. Four wins, eight <laughs> wins, nine wins. I don't know. It, it, this team is so – it's so hard to really decipher how many wins this team's going to get because, they're they, like I said, defense is just – it's all over the place. So many young guys playing and, and, you know, as we've seen, it didn't work last year. The defense was terrible. Last in league, and I think we're last in sack. We've been last in sacks for a while last few years but mm-hmm. you know, like i said i don't know this team's just so hard to to really pick you know how many wins they're gonna get yeah well at least it'll be an exciting season you know yeah. not, don't know where they might land so hey maybe yeah. at least cling on to that small bit of hope that you might have there for the giants next season but we Very appreciate small. you coming on and yeah, we appreciate your everyone. giants insight yeah, definitely thank you for um, having me on guys yeah, if, hey, if we ever need more Giants info, we know who to come to. Absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. You guys are doing a good job. Hey, thank thanks. you. All right, have a good season. Take care, guys. See ya. All right. Nice. And as we're kind of wrapping up the show here, uh, yeah, almost out of time, we can oh, tackle man. the Eagles, which I know <laughs> my parents are just – they're just waiting for it. They're, they're sitting there like, why isn't my kid talking about the freaking Eagles? That's the only reason I'm here. But we kind of talked about it on Tuesday. Uh, they, they've created this track team. And this is right. it kind of feels like your poor man's uh, Kansas City Chiefs. They picked up <laughs> Rager in the draft, which everyone mm-hmm. was just like, why would you pick him? But if you're looking for a speedster, that's who you right. want. They got the Sean Jackson, but he's a little old, injury prone. Then you mm-hmm. brought in Marquise Goodwin. Yeah, it's just a fast team. And yeah. they have a decent backfield with running backs, kind of some unsung heroes, names that you're not familiar with, maybe mm-hmm. that made names for themselves last year. Yep. And then obviously Carson Wentz is not that bad. And then they go ahead and draft Jalen Hurts. Like, why not? Like, let's just bring in a very yeah. mobile guy. And I guess mm-hmm. I mean my question for you because I haven't I haven't made a decision yet. I don't know. Yeah. Is Jalen Hurts there just so he's ready to go when Carson Wentz gets injured because it's inevitable, or is he actually going to be a part of the offense? My first instinct is he's he's there for the inevitable with Carson Wentz getting hurt, but. Because if if you look at last year when Wentz went down, like you bring in Josh McCown, and there's such a difference in talent there between Wentz and any of the backups on the Eagles team right now that I think they almost need they had to go get Hurts to at least have something in that backup t- uh, field there for the for their quarterbacks. So I think it's a little bit of an insurance policy. But I could definitely see them trying to use him in the offense early on, trying to use him as a gadget player. I don't see why not. You can just right. pretend like you're the Saints. You got Taysom Hill yeah. over there. You've already seen it yep. on the field. You can do something like that. Obviously, Hurts doesn't have the same size as Taysom Hill, but mm-hmm. he's still fast. So you can run some right. wildcat stuff, put him out there as a wide receiver, jet sweep. He he might actually run it, or he could throw it. You know, fun stuff like that. And I guess that could be interesting to see from the Philadelphia Eagles, but I know that they got, they finally did it. They pulled the trigger. They fired their training staff. (laughs) They, they got rid of anyone who had anything to do with getting people back from injury. So I think this is the year where they finally might stay healthy. I would, Mm -hmm. I just want to see it. I want to see it. I want to see a healthy full season Eagles team. What can they do? Right, definitely. Yeah. I feel and like it, there's a lot of talent there. It's just untapped because of the injuries. Right. And I, I think that was their that was their absolutely biggest problem last year is that they got hurt so quick and depleted that death chart so fast that you were hey, you know how to catch a football? Hey, come play with the Eagles, it seemed like. 
It but, was nuts. Some of the, yeah. the, their entire wide receiver core on on like near the end of the season was just, who the heck is this guy? <laughs> right? <laughs> what is happening over here? Oh. Some of them played well. Yeah. I, but it's you're on a practice squad for a reason, and they they lost. They at least they made it to the playoffs, but they ended up losing to all oh, this side. Right there. <laughs> After Clowney bounced Wentz's head off the ground. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but unfortunately, I think that's all the time we got. Yeah. Uh, the prediction here is Wentz is going to be all season. Let's make sure Carson Wentz. La- I want to see it. I'm on board. I want to make sure. And I want to see the Eagles go 16 games and into the playoffs with a healthy Carson Wentz. I think that team would be very, very good if he can stay healthy. So. Absolutely. As we wrap up the show, make sure you still share, you still subscribe, you still like, you still follow, you do all the things we always talk about. And so you're always aware of when we go live and when the Tuesday episodes come out. You just got to know when these things happen because this is a great show. Durf is awesome. Yeah. I'm okay. <laughs> we need your support to make sure we keep growing. All right. Well, there's only one thing left to do, Durf. All hail the jockstrap king. <laughs>